0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Today is week number four. It's part number four of this series called Life in the Spirit. And today my subtitle is Life at Another Level. Life at a whole nother level. Living life at another level. There is a level in God that is available. And here is what's so awesome. It's not just for a chosen few. It's not for a certain group. It's not just for this little niche of people or that little niche of people. But there is a level in God That you can live your life, it's not just a thought, it's a lifestyle that is available to each and every son and daughter of God if they choose to go there. And this morning I want to preach this fourth part of this series called Life in the Spirit and I want to focus on this uh, other level that is available John 16, and we're going to look at verse number 7. And then in your Bible, you can underscore verses 12 through 15. Verse number 7 and verses 12 through 15. Here's verse number 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, The comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Verse number 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you Into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and show it unto you what scriptures man i don't have enough time on this rainy sunday to preach from this text but i'm going to do my dead level best and we're going to be reflecting on these scriptures throughout our time today lord this has been a a fabulous month i have enjoyed myself so much in the pulpit these last several weeks and Thank you, God, for sending me these people that have shared with me their enjoyment of these last few weeks as well. It has encouraged me. It has built my confidence. Thank you for the elders of this church, Lord, that have lived for you longer than than I have, that have come to me with humility and have stated the words that they've had aha moments, light bulb moments, moments of clarity. Lord God, you heard it said that one of these beautiful people even said, God, that all of the questions that they've struggled with for the last many, many, many years, they've received answers. I ask you by the help of the Holy Spirit, and I ask you, God, in the name of Jesus Christ, allow another light bulb moment even today. Let us not just be inspired. Let us not just be motivated. But Lord, bring us into some understanding where we can make good, clear decisions to go to another level and live for you at a higher plane than we've ever lived. If we live at a higher plane, we'll see things better. We'll hear things better. I believe, God, that if we could get to that other level, that we'll just soar like the angels with you. I pray this over this sermon today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Most of us are familiar with what an oath is. But I want to remind you just a little bit of its choice wording uh, for all of us that, that live in the United States Uh, There's just a few different type of oaths, but the one that we're mostly familiar with uh, in our judicial system would go like this. Do you solemnly swear or affirm that you will tell, everybody say the truth. Do you swear that you will tell the truth, the whole truth, And nothing but the truth. So help you God. And the individual uh, takes the oath. And what I want to ask you is this. Did you catch those choice words that were not included by accident? The whole truth. Do you know anyone and God forbid you point at the man or the woman next to you. Don't do that today. But do you know anyone that tells the truth, but they don't always tell the whole truth? They don't lie. They're clear. They're good. They're not, they're not wrong. They're telling you the truth, but they have a gift in not telling the whole truth. Are you following what I'm saying this morning? Uh, There's some men and there's some women in here kind of sheepishly ducking right now. You're a truth teller. You're not a liar, but you've got that ability not to tell the whole truth. What's interesting is this. In our text, Jesus himself admits that he is telling them the truth But he actually is on record admitting openly, Ronnie Coonrod, that he's not able to tell them the whole truth because they can't handle the truth. Just a little reference there. You can't handle the truth. It's funny, so many people are going to be driving home. I know that from somewhere, but where is that from? Here's the thing, I can tell you the truth, but I can't tell you the whole truth, because you can't handle the whole truth. Christ is saying, I've got some things that I want to share with you, but you're not in a position to receive what I've come to give. Now let's go to our children for a moment. Moms and dads, you've got things that you want to give to your child. Maybe even tangible earthly possessions. You want to give them something, but they are not in a position to be able to receive what you're wanting to give. I think about this uh, cute little uh, figurine type uh, item that my, my mother gave to my oldest daughter, Selah, at her first piano recital. My mom's extremely thoughtful. She's always ahead of the game and uh, at Selah's first piano recital she played a piece of music called Moonlight Sonata. Well my mom goes out and she finds this little, little figurine of a child sitting at a at a porcelain piano, and it's a music box, and it plays Moonlight Sonata. She totally makes us look like terrible parents. We're like, good job. She's got the porcelain figurine with the kid playing Moonlight Sonata. But you don't give a porcelain figurine to a (laughs) seven-year-old if you expect it to play the music more than once. Are you following what I'm saying? So it was an awesome gift, but we kind of had to Accept that gift, and we had to place it in areas that we uh, could steward over that gift until she's at an age to receive it, and be able to hold it, and cherish it, and and be able to protect it. Are you following what I'm saying? I think of things like. Uh, I think of things like firearms from granddads to their, to their sons uh, and then to that son uh, to the grandson. And it's a family tradition to pass down or a pocket knife and uh, uh, these type of things. But you don't give that pocket knife to your three-year-old son. You wait till he's at a certain age or he will be taking an oath one day for the wrong reasons. <clears throat> Are you tracking with me? What well, Jesus says, you're not in a position to receive everything that I've come to give. You're not ready to handle the whole truth. Man, I feel like preaching this morning. I want to give it to you, but you're not in a position that you can handle the whole truth. But then Jesus says something that changes everything in this particular portion of Scripture. He says, but when... But when the spirit
1: of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's safe to say that if we're going to know God at a deep level, if we're going to receive these divine heavenly treasures from God, then we're going to have to get to know the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is the gift giver, if the Spirit of truth is the revealer of, as Scripture says, all truth, then we need to get familiar with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says, I can give you some truth. By the way, if you really want to think with me theologically, and I love to throw this out there for some of you that enjoy this type of thought. Do you remember in John 14 when, when Jesus said to Philip, he, he, he said, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If, if no one can come to the Father but by me, if you've, and, and then there's a question, well, how do we know and all this kind of stuff. Well, you've seen me, right? Then you've seen the Father, and there's this really cool relationship there. Well, then we have on record of Christ saying, himself saying the words, I am the way, The truth and the life. He is the truth, but yet in verse 7 of John 16, he says, The truth, I am the truth, but I must depart where the spirit of truth can come. And the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. Are you ready for this? Some people just want to pick and choose kind of like it's a golden corral. They just want to pick and choose what part of God that they really want to be familiar with. We love us some Jesus Because Jesus died on the cross and we get that. We've been to the Christian bookstore and we've seen his face with the beard. And we get the idea of the cross. We wear it on necklaces. We have it on bumper stickers. We're good with the cross. It makes sense to us because we see it. It's visible. But you don't have any real cool drawings of the Holy Spirit. We can totally roll with Jesus. But we struggle with envisioning and understanding, comprehending the Holy Spirit, but yet Jesus says it's the Holy Spirit that's gonna lead you to another level of all truth. Are you tracking with me this morning? So, so I think that it's safe to say we really need to be immersed as we were taught here recently. We need to be covered. We need to be submerged We need to be baptized, immersed in the Holy Spirit because that's where all truth is going to be revealed to us. Outside of being immersed in the Spirit, we're not ready to take on the full, whole truth. Say it this way. You ready? Let's just kind of repackage that. Some of us need to take another step. Some of us need to take another step. Another step to what? What are we walking to? Where are we trying to get? Well, we're on this journey to all truth. We want to receive every gift that's being given down from the Lord. Let's just clap our hands to Jesus this morning. Turn over to John 20 this morning. John chapter number 20. John chapter number 20.
1: After Jesus was resurrected, 10 of his disciples were scared to death. And they ran upstairs
0: into a little bedroom. Locked all the doors, closed the blinds, turned out all the lights, and were scared because they just witnessed just a few days earlier a gruesome death of their king, of their leader. They watched him die, they saw with their own eyes the death of Jesus Christ. And if you witness that type of thing, that would cause you to run and to hide. If you were claiming to be a follower, a disciple of Christ, you would think that you were next. And only Christ could be in Gethsemane and say, well, let your will be done. And he takes that road to Golgotha. (laughs) You and me, we don't have that. You and me would be like, we're going to put that on somebody else. So they were scared for their lives, hiding out. And lo and behold, if up and appears the resurrected Jesus Christ. And I love how Christ enters the room peace. In other words, you need to relax. I know that your knees are knocking. I know your voice is trembling and I don't know if it's because you think you're going to die or if you're just really wigged out because I'm standing in the room with you. But peace, relax, all is well. It is I. I am with you. And every one of those 10 disciples that saw him, they chose to believe his resurrection. And they worshiped him. They greeted him. They believed in him. But one of them was not there. His name was Thomas. Why I was named Thomas, I don't know. Other than the fact that Tom, seniors of Thomas. But Thomas wasn't in the room. And when Thomas shows up, Christ is already gone, and the other 10 tell the 11th. They tell Thomas, You're never going to believe who showed up. He just appeared, he just popped into the room. Thomas said something that is so natural for every single one of us in the room this morning he says really i don't believe it thomas's exact words were this these strong words unless i see unless i the judge unless i the authority Unless I see the hands with nail prints and I can put my finger in those nail prints, unless I feel his side, I
1: will not believe. Unless I see it. Isn't that like us? Here's what we do. Here's where we make
0: our mistake. If we hear that someone did something wrong, we're all in. We believe it. If we hear someone did something good, we say, unless I saw it, I'm not going to believe it. We have it all backwards. When we hear, you'll never believe this. I saw Greg Clark the other day. He was on the side of the road fixing some stranger's flat. I don't believe it. I know Greg Clark. That dude did not do that. And of course, I'm being facetious about Greg, but I still don't believe he'd do it. Now, if somebody said, man, you ain't going to believe it. I saw Greg Clark, person was on the side of the road trying to fix the flat. He pulled up and stole the jack and kept on going. <laughs> I'd say, I believe it. I know Greg Clark. That dude's got a whole barn full of jacks. Makes a full-time living going across the interstates, dealing people jacks. Isn't that how we are? That's what we do. Thomas said, what? He's alive? He showed up? I don't believe it. Unless I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Christ always, he always knows what he's dealing with. And there's not one thing that intimidates him. There's not one thing that can separate his love for you. Even your natural, cynical, critical, negative vibe in life. Even your way of seeing things. Of saying, I'm not going to believe it. Jesus will even cross that line. Of your natural flesh. And say well if if that's what it's going to take. To get Thomas to believe. I don't have any problem showing up one more time. And Thomas is there. Saying I'm not going to believe. And Jesus shows up and says. I know what it's going to take for you to believe. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. To get you to believe. I'm going to go the distance with you. Look in these hands. And Thomas fills them. He says, look in this side. And Thomas feels it. And Thomas, Brother Martin, says, I believe. It is the Lord standing here with me. I believe. And he says these most powerful words in this portion of Scripture. You are my Lord and my God. I don't know how you feel this morning, but I think Jesus went a long ways for me. And I think he's gone a long ways for you. I don't know what obstacles and conditions you put in place, but I know I had my own conditions in place. And Jesus said, I'm willing to go there because I want you to believe. I'm not willing that anyone should perish. I want everyone to believe and be saved. Come on, somebody. Aren't you excited what he's done for you? But then Jesus takes this opportunity. I love it. He takes this opportunity to teach. And he says,
1: Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. What Jesus is saying is that there there are people coming down the road. There are people coming down the road
0: in the future. There's going to be a time. There's going to be a season. There's going to be a dispensation
1: Where people will believe without ever seeing. There's a level of life in God that is only achievable by faith.
0: Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And Jesus says, Thomas, I've met you at your point of need. You had to see to believe. Luckily for you, there's, I'm in this season still where God is revealing himself to all mankind by me. I am the revealer in flesh. I've come to show you God. I am God with you. And I want to show you God. It's me. And because of that, you're believing. But Thomas, believe this or not, this is true. I'm going to be departing. And when I depart, I'm going to send the spirit of truth. And there will be years on this earth where the children of God will believe without ever seeing me. They're going to be living at a level that's higher than the physical. Higher than the visible. It's the level of faith. There's three levels of relationship with anyone whether it's with the one you love in a romantic sense or the one you uh, just have a platonic friendship with. But I'll use Denor and I for example and then I can use uh, my relationship with Pastor Ron as an example and you just have to be mature enough to apply this to your life. But these levels are physical, soul, and Spiritual. The physical relationship I have with Denora started when I saw one hot looking chickadoodle. I'll never forget it. Years ago, in the little church environment I grew up in, I was a youth pastor in San Antonio and I loaded up a few church vans and we got our best suit and ties on, and we went up to the north side of San Antonio and we were going to the section youth rally. Not for the Lord. I was chasing skirts. I was there like a bird dog just looking. I was going to get on point. And lo and behold, I didn't realize what I was going to find. I walked into that little church lobby. They had a little lobby out there, and and the church doors were similar to these church doors. They had little glass windows, and when I walked in, I was doing the preacher thing, shaking hands, and I happened to look in that glass window, and there her face was. She was looking out that glass window, and she's not in this service, but I'm telling you the truth. She'll tell you another version of the story, which is not the truth. I've come to give you the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. She'll lie to you. I saw it in her eyes. She loved what she was looking at. (laughs) She was was smitten right then and there. It was a done deal. It just needed to unfold. I mean, it was done. She was hooked. She hit me with that little wave. I was done. So I found that church's youth pastor. I said, who is that little something up there that was singing that solo? So he said, don't even try it. I said, what you mean, don't try it, bro? I got game. He said, don't even try it. Why? She doesn't date. She ain't met me, bro. <laughs> no, she doesn't date. I said, I get that. That's what she's told him. Watch this. That little something, she turned me down three straight times and said no. No, no. But then finally, I told her I was a multimillionaire. I was an oil man's son from Louisiana. Partial truth. Uh. I am from Louisiana. (laughs) We spell oil, E-A-R-L, Earl. Check this out, though. That's physical. That's physical. A lot of people make the mistake of marrying somebody just based off of physical. Because she's so good looking or because he's so handsome and they never consider that, that there's more to longevity in marriages than just the physical. They even, they even entertain the crazy thought of, well, it's okay. I can, I, it's okay that we don't get along. It's okay that we really don't enjoy each other's company. He's handsome. You know, that kind of stuff. And marriages don't last. Then there's a second form of relationship. Talking about love now. And then we're going to flip it to just where we're trying to hang out in this sermon. But then there's there's that other level. And it's like personality level. It's the soul. You can be attracted to somebody physically. But really not like to be around them. You could think she is so pretty. But yet I don't like her attitude. But you know things are going good when you find yourself not only physically attracted but then you just cannot wait to enjoy time with that individual. Things are looking good in that relationship. When no one else is around, you're not on the fancy date, spending a lot of money, you're just spending time together,
1: and you're really happy doing that, things are going good. That is the soul tie. Matter of fact, this is where a lot of long-distance
0: relationships work where they really fall in love. They live out of state, so they're forced to have a lot of communication, not just checking each other out. They're forced to talk. They're forced to enjoy time, whether it's telephone or when they are together, they maximize their time because it's on weekends only, and then they're apart, working out of state, etc. But then there's that other level that I will admit to you That my wife and I, we just celebrated 15 years in May. And I'm really not, i am not asked Denora this direct answer or direct question. But I can tell you from my perspective. It's really only in the last year or two that we're, we're at the level of spiritual connection. We've had years of physical attraction. We've had years of just loving each other, hanging out. We don't have to have anybody around us for us to just have a ball. We love each other's personalities. She keeps me in line. I keep her laughing. But lately, lately God's done something in our lives spiritually because it's like, it's not just physical. It's not just soul. It's not personality driven. It's a spiritual connection. And it's, an, it's another level when you get there. But it's not just romantic stuff that this happens. I think of like Pastor Ron and I. There were years when I would come here and preach as an evangelist and we would just have a ball together, play golf, preach revivals. Revivals. And it was more physical. It was just, he's my bud. Didn't really know him. Then when I moved here to work here as employee of this man, things changed over the years. And we started enjoying each other's personalities. I started studying him, learning him as a boss and as a pastor. Started learning his heart watching how he would do weddings and funerals and watching how he would work the church. And I watched all that and I liked what I saw. And then everything changed. When from his point of view towards me, it became spiritual. And there was this spiritual alignment and connection way beyond just being friends Way beyond fun 18 holes of golf. Way beyond just liking each other's company. But now it's, a, it's like a spiritual father. It's spiritual. Now let me help you today. Understand where I'm going with this for your life with God. You're attracted to Jesus because of what Jesus can do for you. He can save you. You're attracted to the cross because we know biblically that that's where sin's forgiven. We know the blood is applied at the point of belief and accepting God's grace. You're attracted to that. It's a physical attraction. You feel good about what you see. And then you find yourself living for him and you enjoy spending time with him. You fall in love with prayer. You fall in love with the scriptures. I was just spending time with one of our newest members the other day, and I don't have my cell phone on me, but the individual said, look at today's memory verse. That's that's at the place of soul connection with Christ. You're enjoying his words. You pray. You love church.
1: You love the people of God. But there's another level of living for God that takes it a little
0: higher. It's when you not just have him as Lord and Savior, but you are immersed in the spirit of truth. You're immersed in the fullness of the spirit where the Holy Ghost is not just something you've read about. Where the Holy Ghost is not just something you've heard about. The Holy Ghost has baptized you and all of a sudden you have, as scripture says, you have an experience like fire and it just comes all over you and it just saturates you
1: and changes everything. This is the baptism of the Spirit and it's a spiritual connection.
0: Let me wrap this up today. I've preached a little too long. But I cannot preach any further without telling you this. You've got to
1: catch this in scripture. Think about Paul. Paul says in Galatians 1 that
0: the gospel that he preaches, it's not been taught to him by any man. But by the revelation of Jesus Christ. You gotta gotta understand your chronological time frame of this, man. Oh, help me, Lord, teach this. Peter, not Paul, but Peter, he hung out with Jesus. They were tight to the point where that dude would take out swords and defend Jesus, he was his man. Don't mess with my, my Christ. They were tight physically. He would see him. He would talk with him.
1: Christ had confidence in Peter, the rock. Peter was used in the book of Acts
0: to preach and to lead people to the baptism of the Spirit.
1: But yet what's interesting is Paul, Paul never once knew Christ in the flesh. Paul, yeah, that Paul never knew Jesus Christ in the flesh. Peter says
0: in Second Peter chapter 3, Paul is at a whole
1: nother level. I can't even understand some of the stuff the brother writes. He's such a deep well of truth. I have a hard time keeping
0: up in the conversation. I was in a conversation with a preacher the other day. That brother started talking about some stuff. You ever been in one of them conversations with somebody where you just shut up because you found out real quick you can't keep up? Man, this preacher was dropping some stuff. And I just went ahead and just said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when he said, what you think? I said, mm mm-hmm, I totally agree. Peter says, Paul, you never even got to walk around with him. You never ate meals with him. I'm the one swinging the sword, but yet you're so deep. And he says, this gospel I preach was revealed to me who's doing the doing the holy spirit was revealing truth to paul just blessing paul Paul's little mind was being immersed. His heart was being immersed and covered with truth. And he just got his pen out and he just kept writing and writing. It wasn't because Paul was smarter than anybody. It was the baptism. It was the it was the ability to pray in tongues. It was the
1: ability to get lost in the spirit. He was at another level. There
0: was a time when God was revealed to mankind by flesh, and that was Jesus Christ, but those days are long gone. We've come to the time in the kingdom of God where God is revealed to us by His spirit, and if we if we neglect fellowshipping and communing and being immersed in the Spirit, we'll never fully know God. So ladies and gentlemen, I just close on this. Nine o'clock service with asking you, have you gone to that next step of asking him to immerse you in the spirit of truth to where you can be ready to receive all of the gifts that God wants to pass down to his children because he's got them for you and he's not holding them back because you've been a, good, a bad boy or a bad girl. He's holding them back Because you can't handle the truth yet.
1: I want you to stand this morning. Standing right where you are,
0: let me close with these few points. And if you could keep our walking around to a minimum, I just wanna close with these few points. The deepest level of relationship, it's not the physical, it's not the soul. It's the spiritual. So Pastor Tommy, tell me one more thing, Pastor Tommy. How can I live at that level? Here's a few little things to keep in mind. Number one, you need to remove all the barriers that would keep you from that level. You need to repent of your sins. You need to remove those distractions in life. You need to get a hold on things. You need to take control of things. You need to stop living a crazy life, an uncontrolled life. You need to get a hold of yourself. And you need to start removing some barriers that would keep you from God's level of life. Remove the barriers. Second thing, you need to request the gift of the Holy Ghost. You need to ask Him for it. Some of you might think that I'm I'm, I'm kind of being silly. A lot of people haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost just because they haven't really asked. They've thought about it. It's not mental, it's not a thought process. It's a request. It's a positioning, a posturing, removing barriers and asking. God has a great gift for your life. Baptism of the Holy Spirit's a great gift for your life. He's ready, to, he's ready to immerse you and baptize you. Just request for it. Request it. little well, third thing to consider. You got to receive that baptism by faith. I've already told you. There's a level, but it's only by faith. Watch this. This is so good. When Jesus was in that room with Thomas, a lot of people get this confused with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to help you today. I'm not trying to correct you. I'm just trying to help you. A lot of folks think when Jesus breathed on them in that room and said the words, receive the Holy Spirit, that that was the baptism of the Spirit. It wasn't the baptism of the Spirit. That wasn't the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit initially took place in the book of Acts, chapter number two, in the upper room, book of Acts, chapter two. The Holy Ghost was not yet poured out then because they were not ready for all the truth. And it goes back to what Tom and Shirley Luce, Gordon and Dorothy Patton, and myself discussed a few Sundays ago. He was looking for someone obedient and would take a step of faith and wait in an upper room when everybody else thought they were crazy and when they obeyed and waited and tarried as the Bible says in King James that's when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Are you tracking with me? But it took great faith in something unseen That was the group of people Jesus was telling Thomas. There's going to be a group of people that are going to be blessed without ever seeing me. And then lastly, you need to relate, connect, reach out to the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Ghost, every day. I want everybody, if you can, if you're comfortable doing this, I just want you to hold your hands up like this. There's a little something I learned years ago. It may not mean much to some of you, but I want to... Some of you are like me. Little visual stuff, boy, it really clicks for some of y'all. This little posture here with my hands pointing up to the Lord, I'm giving Him praise. I'm giving Him worship. But whenever I turn like this, I'm now asking. I'm requesting. My posture changes from, I exalt Thee, O God, To Father, I want to receive from you today. During praise and worship around this church, when we sing our songs, our postures, we give you glory and honor, oh God. But it's in moments like this that we turn and we admit that we are in need of the love of God and the Spirit of the Lord. I'm just going to ask you to do me one little step today. I want you to just close your eyes. Holding your arms in an open position. And I ask you to ask for the Spirit of God to come upon your life. And I ask that you would just receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, you are the Spirit of truth, you are life at another level. And in this room of believers, that have obeyed your commands, we repent of our sins, we remove the barriers, and we ask that the fire of heaven, the Holy Ghost, would come upon these. And I ask you, God, to let the baptism of the Spirit be manifest in lives, even today. Let us live this life on another level. May it come and settle upon us Lord just like it did Jesus at the, at the point of baptism of John. Just as it did in the upper room and just as it did throughout the book of Acts. May the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire may it just come upon and settle and remain in hearts and lives today. We receive this by faith we pray. Somebody just reach out and worship the Lord and Just entertain his spirit for a moment this morning. May the sweet work of the Holy Spirit do a work in your life today. There's a tenderness here in this room. There's a sweet spirit in this room. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this word. We thank you for this truth. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let's clap our hands to Jesus this morning. I bless you today and I encourage you as believers in Jesus Christ. If you're one of the eldest among us or if you're just brand new to Christ, if you're just new to this church, I sincerely ask you to be open to the work of the Holy Ghost in your life. I ask you to go to the scriptures, study, read, read by faith, with expectation and there's going to be a moment in your life, there's going to be a moment in your life where you're going to feel a warmth like the fire that book of Acts discusses and there's going to be some something that happens in your life, in your body physically. It's a sensation and I ask you not to be worried, don't be afraid. And just as you opened up your mouth in faith and confessed and believed in your heart, the same amount of faith, which is just a mustard seed that you've already been given, if you'll open up your mouth at that point of faith, you'll be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And just as they did throughout the book of Acts, you will speak in a heavenly language, in the gift of tongues will be manifest in your life and you will be walking into another level that you only have heard others talk about but you will reap the benefits of being a spirit-filled, spirit-baptized
1: believer. Let's clap our hands one more time to Jesus.